Skunk it. Still have to do it. Do you know how to get a clapperboard? Because you're nah, fucking. I've got to get the person to do it with their hands, and it's just me. So I've just got to be like, look at my thumb, <laughs> and clap, looking at my thumb. So you're just a one-man film crew. I'm a one-man filming juggalo boy. <laughs> I'm a clown what? juggalo. That's what I'm. Um, Juggalos aren't clowns. Uh, clowns can't be jugglers. No, what about the juggalos? No, like insane clown posse. Oh yeah. Is that part of the Hatchet film? <laughs> <laughs> um did we all play Red Dead Redemption? Yes. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. You've I'm still playing Red yeah, Dead. Yeah, I was actually you've just started again. Yeah. Uh, again? Yeah. I fucking love that That's game. The exact reaction I had. The oh. kind of again? Like <laughs> as if you the five months you spent playing it the first time it wasn't <laughs> enough, like you're going back. I uh I I never played the epilogues when I first played it. Uh, right. but I am restarting the game so I I, um, I played it till I don't want to like spoil it because it's a very long game so there's a good it's chance spoil it. it's been it's till, been till the, the the end of the story happens and then you have the epilogues right. but that that was enough of a conclusion that I was like I think I'm going to leave the epilogues because it was quite really? exhausting after all that you weren't you didn't just want to push through and get to the, the no, end but like end? I Another... feel like the the end end of the story was enough of an ending and I was like I was like I will play the epilogues but I was like mad into Red Dead Redemption that time like fucking every waking moment was like either at work or being a shooting outlaws and stuff so I was like right I'll give it a rest and I'll come back and uh, I came, recently came back and just decided oh right I gotta go play those epilogues and then I was just like I fucking love this game I'm just gonna restart it so you're telling me the extra four hours of just playing a, playing a game simulating manual labour epilogue <laughs> did not sway you to play it I don't know why but yeah no I played it it was good I yeah I would have thought you would have, I, I I started playing that game in mid-November uh-huh. which I think is when it came out that's the same that's yeah I it. and I played it right through I think until early March and by the time it got to March I was I was done like I I didn't want to play it anymore but I also didn't want to stop when I knew the end was in sight yeah but my god that turned into that game as much as I enjoyed it, it turned into homework. Like, it stopped being a fun, <laughs> enjoyable experience, and it started feeling like homework. And I remember there was one day I got, like, so frustrated where it told me I had to, like, walk my horse somewhere. And I was like, why is it making me fucking walk my horse? This is so mind-numbingly boring. And then I accidentally walked past the place I was meant to walk the horse to, so I had to turn around and come all the way back. And literally this whole sequence took me, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> that was the true test of, like breaking point with that game of like is this it is this where i'm done and i never see where the where i end up walking my horse <laughs> but yeah that game was so un unbearably long see i, I, I felt it. it was like a true test of one's patience i liked how slow and deliberate it was I, I quite liked how myth um metho- methodical yeah, methodical is that uh, is that what i'm going with will yeah, yeah, yeah i'll go yeah. with it i definitely think it's it, it's drawing more of like an inspiration i guess from like once upon a time in America, those like epic westerns, it's the slow. But you know, for me, it was like I still loved it, loved the epilogue, loved the time I spent on it. You know, it was when like you know, I'll spoil it. 
you go to <laughs> we spoil everything else. I'll fucking spoil it. You know, you go go to like the Cuba. You know, some part. You that know. was where it lost me yeah, as well. Yeah, it was just a bit like, ah, oh, this is this one. Nah. I was. I um, thought it was amazing. I was like, this is. I was not. I because I wasn't expecting it. Because by because it's obviously a long game, so that kind of changed it up <laughs> for me. Sure. So it's like. Well, when you end up there, you're like, "What the fuck are we? What? Where are we? This is a mental." But I, I thought it like changed it up enough so that otherwise, if you without that section, you might have played the whole thing and been like, "It's just, it's just them move from camp to camp to camp to camp," uh, and like then the ending happens. I like that they threw that in there, and you're like, "The uh, fuck? They've just put a little bit of Cuba in there. Just put a little bit of Cuba in there just to break up. You just a little bit of Cuba. <laughs> if your film's getting bored, mm, a little dab of Cuba. Just a dash. Just a dash. Don't go too much on it. Just a, a sprinkle. Hey, mommy, mommy, Cuba. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was more annoyed that I didn't have like the nice riding gloves I bought my guy. <laughs> you lost all the good... The yeah, new, you one. lose a hat, and I think uh, Arthur Morgan is not a character who looked ever great. No matter what haircut you got, he never quite looked great without a hat. Fun fact, I never gave him a hat. Really? Never gave him a hat. Gave never him a gave mustache, him a hat? Took his hat away, gave him a moustache, gave him the same haircut. I feel like that's quite psychotic. <laughs> I feel like I don't know many people who didn't give Arthur Morgan a didn't hat. Want it, didn't, just didn't want him to have a hat. I thought, it was, I thought it was fast it's a controversial opinion that is correct because I feel like that's the exciting thing about playing a game set in the wild west is like ooh customise the hat See, they're, that's they're, the excitement <laughs> it was a similar experience uh, released at the same time with um, the Spider-Man game when uh, you start off in the traditional Spider-Man costume and then it gives you the new one but as soon as it gives you the option to switch back I'm like yeah I want to switch back yeah. because I want to play the game as Spider-Man so yeah. I'm not too worried about well I was more concerned with like just going for a lot of baths <laughs> you know, See, did you get is... that assistance oh everything yeah yeah fair. she got the assistance but that was the other thing about that game was like they were so adamant that all that stuff was going to be important like doing up your camp taking baths all that kind of stuff and none of it was I played through the whole game without really doing anything at my camp. I didn't take one. I didn't take. I didn't take one bath. I didn't take life about taking. I didn't take a single bath in that game, and it didn't affect anything. Yeah, bathroom's going to be talking behind your back. That was a big smelly. I'm fine with that. Talk about me all you want. I feel like that. It just there was so so much fat like I feel like the game couldn't decide what it wanted to be. Either wanted to be this like yeah, I am fat shaming. Either wanted to be this like massive sprawling open world game where like all the decisions that you made impacted the world around you but it couldn't get away from this like very linear story where every mission is like you talk to this guy you ride to the dot you shoot some people and then you you ride to another dot and then the the mission ends it's the the Grand Theft Auto and it's that for 71 hours (laughs) where like Grand Theft Auto 5 was more playful but 4 even though I loved it the story was very similar in terms of like it was very long you had just missions of driving yeah. and you just want to bloody shoot some buddy boys but it's not even like the just shoot some buddy boys it's like eventually I kind of got that was why I got so bored of that game was because I, it got to the point where it it didn't really feel like I was doing anything mission to mission it's like just follow the line if you try to deviate from that in any way like the game won't allow it. Yeah. Like the mission that there was a mission genuinely that like where I can't remember what's going on, but you and Dutch are in the city and you come under attack and Dutch was like, you need to get up onto the roof. But then like it's no the no scene. nothing came up, like no dot or anything. And I was like, oh shit, like 
I need to figure out how to get on the roof. And so I was like, right, I'll go try and find like a ladder or something. I ran out into the courtyard. The second I did that, Dutch is like, no, John, uh, not John, uh, Arthur, come back. There's stairs right here. And then like the, the little mini map like lit up bright yellow and it was like stairs that go up the stairs. Don't deviate from the stairs. You need to go up the stairs. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll just keep following your little... Oh, the game's a bloody Pied Piper and I was bloody dancing to its tune let me tell you the game like, is uh, best when you like you just explore like there yeah. is like when you you do all that like because you can set up your own little camp when you do all that and you cook the meat and you hunt and like you're just exploring and uh, all of these random events the random events like some of them can be tricky like stuff can be going on and you can't even you're not even quite sure who's supposed to be the good guy and the bad guy quite often you'll shoot someone and then, then your moral meter will go down like yeah you shot the wrong person and you're like ah um, but then I think playing it recently, I, I came across a house, and it was just this random thing where this big, this big bulky guy. Yeah, in front I've of seen it. This. You've seen that one. He invite just randomly invites you in, and I think that's the best way when Red Dead Redemption's at yeah. its best. You just walk up to a house, this guy invites you in for dinner, and then a whole story takes place, and you're like, "The fuck is happening here?" Yeah. I do feel like William has stressed me out with this whole hat thing. I feel like we need to give <laughs> we need to give you and Arthur Morgan like the Queer Eye makeover, <laughs> and hats need to be there needs to be a six member of Queer Eye that's just hats. He just deals with hats, and we'll get him in, and we'll give your guy a full makeover. Okay. I don't want him to have a hat. <laughs> I want to see the, the 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 facial recognition of the actor you know played him. And, uh, the hats fell off, and I don't want to pick it. I, you know, I gave him a nice. Number six. I gave him a nice skin fade up the side. <laughs> <And> number six. <laughs> I gave him a sick fade up the side with a textured top. Did you give him like li- uh, like lightning bolts or flames, like Statue of Liberty in the back of his head? Yep. <laughs> on top. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a hat guy. Um, but we can tell who's a hat boy. <laughs> what a segue. Josh Brolin and <laughs> Jonah Hex. He's a big old hat boy. I was going to say, uh, it's it is a it is a pleasure to have you back. Thank you. It's been a long, long time since you were on the show. Mm-hmm. But I think you were on like our fourth episode or something like that, or the fifth episode. Pretty early on. We did Rain of Fire. That was a Fun long matches. time ago. Does it still hold up? Maybe we need to rewatch it. Well, I, so I actually went back and re-listened to a little chunk the other day in preparation for you coming on, and we actually talk about doing a reunion episode on Rain of Fire on like the 10th anniversary <laughs> of Rain of Fire or the 20th anniversary or something like that, um, that and we talk gone? about we talk about getting Justin Lee Collins to get <laughs> the Rain of Fire cast back together <laughs> yeah because he used to do that for the A-team and yeah. stuff. I completely forgot about that but some, you've only been on twice and a real trend and this is the second time a real a real trend that I've not can you call it a trend when it's happened twice you pick bad movies. You pick <laughs> real fucking stinkers, William. Listen, this is where I'm starting to wonder if letting the guest pick the film is a bad fucking idea because it means we have to sit through trash like listen, that. Listen, you were given two points. You gave right. You sorry, gave, oh, no, for, right, for you, option, I gave at first for saying, "What do you want to do? Do you want to watch Freddy Got Fingered?" I was like, you, "Had you saw Freddy Got Fingered?" No, I hadn't. Yeah, it's another stupid movie, but comedy funny you know what when you're 12 it's really you know you can you can laugh F- at some objectively some of the funny. Some, exactly so maybe we could have done funny we could have looked back at how 12 year old William's humour you know how your humour has changed and since then that age the Alger- that could have been interesting and then also because the, I was obviously looking up hats for Arthur Morgan the mm. algorithm on my computer <laughs> suggested on Netflix oh Jonah Hex is on yep I was like oh that, that'd be quite fun and I looked around my room first DVD I saw 
you know, was it Vengeance for Lady Sympathy? Yeah, you know, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Ah, you know, it's a film. I suggested those two options right, to you. Right, but you think the contrast between the, those, you know, Jonah Hex and Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. And I was like, well, what what made you choose those two? And he goes, oh, it was just Sympathy for Lady Vengeance was just on my DVD shelf. And I was like, brilliant. Yeah, so you just, it was between Jonah Hex and the first thing that popped into your head. Well, like, like, I have DVDs of movies. I like, I don't have a big DVD collection. Right. So, but thank God for Netflix. Now we've got access to shite. a plethora of trash. <laughs> Definite bona fide shite. Jonah Hex. <laughs> right. Well, let Danny can introduce the podcast and then we'll get into it. But I am furious with you. <laughs> What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones. With me, uh, furious Scott Morrison and less furious William Clapper. So what did we think? I hate this. I hated it. Fucking... I, I, I don't know what Freddy Got Figured would be like. The only... The, the one saving grace of this, I'll say, it was short. It was shorter than the two other options you gave us. Shorter, but... But longer. longer. <laughs> I feel like I've aged years watching that film. And I don't know... I don't know what it... it like... Because it's not... It's not like... It's not... It's not terrible. No. It's not... You, you look at it and there's something blatantly bad about it and it's kind of fascinating to watch. It's not like a train wreck movie. It's just a nothing. It's just it's, fucking nothing. There's nothing nothing to get invested in. Nothing to latch on to. No, there's nothing to care about. There's re- It's so sort of like, yeah, you just don't care. You're just watching it really sort of passively. <sighs> it's like you've, you've went to like a 40th. And you're, you're the, this is the way to Amarillo's playing. People are doing the slosh, and you're stuck, and you're not in it. You're stuck at the shite table. <laughs> your, your parents or the, the older relatives you've came with there, they're up doing the slosh, getting the the G and Ts and the vodkas in, and you're sitting beside your cousin's boyfriend's wee boy. His he's it's as if he's retelling you a film that he doesn't really fully understand, <laughs> and it's sounds like the longest time that has passed. You look at your watch and only five minutes. Yeah, it's like you're at the wedding and you're on babysitter duty. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, this is uh, this is Jonah Hex, um, which is from 2010. It's a DC uh, superhero movie. Or I guess it's not a superhero, but it's a ah, DC comic it's a super, character. It's, it's a he is a little bit superhero-y. We'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> it's directed by Jimmy Hayward, who has two other um, directing credits. Now, this is quite interesting. I don't know if you've looked this up. I hope not. I actually have. Damn it. Well, <laughs> that was going to be a fun game, but never mind. No, no, let's let's play it. Have let's, you played it? Nah, I know I know who. I know the story of the director. So, yeah. The, the, well, let's play the game. What else has he directed? Well, I was going to get you to guess, and I was going to give you some suggestions, but you both know, so it doesn't matter. But he's, he's directed two films that are so drastically, <laughs> again, like, you know, out of character with this film. His other two films are 2008's Horton Hears a Who, which I've seen. I have seen. I remember nothing about it, but I know it exists, and I saw it. And then 2013's Free Birds, which is a film about turkeys. Fun fact: trying to get either get cooked at Thanksgiving or avoid being cooked at. Presumably Thanksgiving. the latter, right? Well, but maybe it's about fulfilling your destiny. Is it a kids' film? Yes. Hmm, I don't think that's. I don't, think, I don't think trying to get kids to oven cook themselves is a... Well, maybe fucking Jimmy Hayward was ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, 
uh, the cut of the movie that he gave to the studio mm-hmm. uh, didn't like they got a different director on to do a bunch of reshoots you get it yeah yeah um, DC was at it back in 2010 they were fucking up intellectual property a while ago yeah that's crazy um, let me just find it I thought yeah that, like, that, that's kind of interesting because this film is so incredibly incredibly short yeah bafflingly short to the point where exposition is whipping along and you have like almost no time to process it I never thought going into this I, w- I never thought for a second this would be a, a confusing film <laughs> but there's there's a scene there's a scene where like there's a scene where he's he's dying and then he's having a vision of himself fighting John Malkovich so there's two scenes happening then there's also at this exact same point Michael Fassbender is fighting Megan Fox and trying to burn down her house and then at the same time he's also having flashbacks to the time they burned down his house Jonah Hex's house and also the Indians find dying Jonah Hex and they're trying to bring him back to life there's like five scenes all happening at once and it's all just playing out at one time and it's just interspliced in between all five of them and I was like what is happening there's shots of a house burning down and I was like is that Megan Fox's house is that the house in the flashback where's Megan Fox gone what's happening it's fuck it but it's because they have to it's because they have to squeeze all of this stuff into an hour and 15 minutes backtracking ever so slightly so what's Jonah Hicks Jonah Hicks about Jonah Hicks Jonah Hicks is a yeah know, please pitch us <laughs> so <clears throat> so uh, Jonah Hicks as a he is a his backstory is a confederate soldier um, the good guys right nah, you know good to some people um, confederate soldier obviously <laughs> shot horror they lose the war um, <laughs> spoiler he then, <laughs> he, he then goes on I haven't seen the war yet <laughs> he, <laughs> the year was 18 <laughs> um, so Jonah Hicks then you know leaves the army Jonah and basically kind of throws you right in he's a family man do you get to meet his family no no no, no. you don't you don't straight away house burning boy Malkovich comes with his big fake nose and balding head kills his family it scars Jonah Hex and then somehow it goes into a weird you've, you've missed it like, the, you've missed it like because there's so much well, the, 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 he, as a confederate soldier he, he John Malkovich is his general and ah. he also fights with J- uh, John Malkovich's son um, but he kills his um, John Malkovich's son. But they don't show that at the start of the film, do they? No, they explain it because uh. he says you took everything. John Malkovich goes, "You took everything away from me, so I'm going to watch you do the same." So that's John Malkovich is getting his revenge on Jonah um, Hex by um, killing his family in front of him, and now Jonah Hex wants to kill um, him for revenge. Although the the opening um, monologue tells you that. John Malkovich is dead but then yeah. very quickly afterwards it tells you oh no he actually wasn't dead yeah which is a pointless twist so here's the thing because they, they do this whole exposition dump right up front or like here's Jonah Hex here's his deal here's how he becomes Jonah Hex and they go through all this stuff where he betrays you know his, his army general has to kill his best friend his army general shows up kills his family and burns his house down and uh, and then he goes on a revenge mission, but then the the general dies before he gets a chance to kill him. 
and they give you all this information and then he goes and now this is where my story really begins and i'm like mm, no i feel like your story i feel like that was the story i feel like that in itself was a movie yeah and you've just glossed over it to give a give us this much blander less interesting story ding 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 <clears throat> william jonah hex fan <laughs> coming up uh so found out who the director was so it was basically uh hayward delivered his cut to warner uh, you know Warner Studios Heard of them. and um, they wanted to move in a different direction and then gave it to I Am Legend Helmer Francis Lawrence to oversee the reshoots because he's yeah. not well known for butchering it in the post mm. um, and basically you know this article here then says um, the dream sequence uh, involving Brolin and bad guy John Malkovich which pops up at least twice in the film is actually a part of Haywood's original climax Ooh. so the scene where they're um, in the sand it's kind of orangey and when he's dying you can see that was how it was originally going to end yeah that was meant to be the original ending Jonah Hex fact over that <laughs> but then that must have meant that the film had to take some drastically different yeah because it ends directions it to ends get to, in um, Washington it ends in Washington where they're on a riverboat firing magic cannonballs <laughs> at the Capitol building if you have to ask you're not keeping up yeah so anyway I'll quickly finish the, the basis of the plot. He finds out that the the army general is actually John Malkovich is still alive, uh, and John Malkovich has stolen this super advanced cannon and also a series of magical cannonballs that if you fire a bunch of cannonballs out of this cannon and then fire the magic one, then all the cannonballs will go up will explode in some sort of reactionary situation and his plan is to blow up the capitol building while the president is making a speech on the 4th of july and so the government goes who are we going to get to stop him i know jonah hex this fucking weird mutant man that's running about the woods let's go get him britain has james bond america's got jonah hex (laughs) uh, you know i actually like to think the original cut hayward directed to universal was called hex here's a who Totally different movie. So I go, no, well, you know, we gave him this. Because that's what I'm thinking. It's like, it must have been drastically different. Yeah. Either that or there's some kind of situation where, like, the boat explodes and they wash up somewhere and then they have a little tussle, just the two of them. Maybe. But I can't imagine that being the case. Like, but then surely they didn't go back and reshoot an entire action sequence on a boat. Mm. Someone find out. <laughs> uh, but then it's also based on a the Jonah Hex is based on a, a DC comic book. Um, he was a side character in, in various parts. Then he had like a about ninety two issue run, but he's never been like a poster boy for DC. No, he's always clearly. been like one of these weird obscure characters who's had side parts. So it was, it was written, I'm sure, by the original. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, I'm sure it was like written by the original kind of. But then that still crowd. doesn't that I'm still like I still want to know I want to know what that original cut was ah, you'll never know because it must have been drastically different mm. uh, I think I think before we continue we should uh, really quick talk about if there was anything we liked about the movie you know just to just to for the sake of bats be a bit be, you know film positive hmm love the love the music by fucking Master Duck <laughs> it does have, it, it has it. the most heavy metal fucking soundtrack like they they totally steer away from any kind of western 
like the classic kind of mm. sounds of the vibe West. In it. like, there's a vibe it's it starts off with a vibe and then goes straight into heavy metal the fucking mastodon soundtrack you know big ups mastodon it's like you're watching a ps1 game cutscene i think you I know, g- no that was it brilliant <laughs> <laughs> what sauce um like i, I feel like but that again it, it's interesting to me that like they they would go out of their way to get a band to do a full soundtrack for a film that runs for an hour and 15 minutes like a film that doesn't really feel like they gave that much of a shit about it it just came out it was just at a time where superhero movies were coming out or you know comic book movies were really starting to hit big mm. the bubble was was fucking it was expanding because if you think about like the time that this came out this is like right off the back of Dark Knight and Watchmen. Hmm. Like in the past two years, those have just came out, which are like, what, the Dark Knight? Dark Knight fucking changed cinema, guys. <laughs> Dark Knight and Watchmen's this, you know, kind of huge like comic book event. And then you've got, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got like Iron Man had just came out hmm. in 2008 as well. And I think Iron Man 2 is maybe out by this point. Iron Man 2, that's the, that would be the start of like the the, the cinematic universe yeah. and the whole idea of like it being all connected and people predicting where it's going. So that's yeah. that's a huge part but of it. But I think well. I was thinking like they did that with I remember they did that with Iron Man. They did the ACDC did yeah. this did this oh, did a lot yeah. of the soundtrack. Or I don't know if they did the soundtrack, but the most of the songs, soundtrack was yeah. songs by ACDC. So it almost seems like this this kind of feels like Right, we need we need to fire out a comic book movie. What's something quick that we can do? Jonah Hex, and you know what? We'll do what they did with ACDC. We'll get fucking Macedon. I would, fa- and we'll get we'll throw a fucking fire soundtrack onto this bitch and <laughs> fart it out. <laughs> I could definitely see that something they would do in a second cut mm. where they're like, right, okay, so we've got this film we don't think is going to work. Let's look at other trends and see what we can piece together. And it, uh, Iron Man had that metal track. Let's su- shove one of them. Yeah, on. that might help. I would also submit maybe uh, I don't know but maybe Universal you know they have their own uh, label music scene maybe they have mastered on some sort of branch to it and they were like hey you want to do you know if you're you're a band and they're like hey do you want to do the soundtrack to I don't know um, just just firing off the top Matilda I certainly don't have it written down on the sheet of paper <laughs> you know if, uh, you're, what, do you want to do the soundtrack to Matilda you're, you're not going to say no <laughs> not gonna say no. Certainly not twenty years later. Nah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we're going with soundtrack. I'm gonna go the one part of it I liked. They shot their wad way too fucking early. The one bit I like is when he has the two chain guns on the side of the horse, and I was like, "Fucking yes!" And this is about two minutes in, so I was like, "I love this. This is gonna be a great movie." And then it immediately is just like not even a, it's not even a steep incline. It's a drop. But chain guns attached to the horse. That was fucking metal. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty fucking metal. Yeah, no, definitely. It sells you one thing. But then it's weird because you've got that quite, I guess you could say, cool opening that you're like, oh, machine guns, horses, yeah. bang, bang. Then you have this weird... <laughs> Is that like your dad's review? <laughs> <laughs> I know much, no, no much story. A lot, a lot of shitting. Oh, do you really... Shitty horses, bang, bang. <laughs> that's really good. Angels Fallen. Oh, does it, Dad? Does it really? Oh, you know, it looks really good. Some other shitty action movie. <laughs> no, my dad's got good taste. But yeah, no, but then they, they go from that quite, I guess, big opening to this really, uh, even dated, I remember watching it and dated at the time, comic, just throwing the whole 
plot and backstory to Jonah Hex within a minute. But I don't even think the beginning is like this big over the top action sequence. No. I just think it's like it it sets him up as a as like because I said to you, it's like he's in the fucking matrix. Yeah, because yeah, he's he's literally stepping out of the way. Well, there's one sheriff. There's one um, police person that comes out of a coffin out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> and Jonah Hex is just like avoids the bullet, shoots him back as if yeah, just yeah, cool about it, just chill. So it's like they kind of set it up as this cheesy, like action kind of over the top mm. action schlock. They're having it's a fun, bit kind with of fun. That Yeah, they're having fun. It's like yeah, because he's stepping out of the way. Bullets, like you said, the guy steps out of the coffin. You got the the horse with the chain gun, and you're like, okay, this is fun. Like this is a kind of an exciting way to start your movie, and it's kind of set the tone. But then from there, it never it never holds on to that tone. Really, it just it just resort resorts to just bland. Hmm. Um. Well, if if you wanna, you know, it's, it's like if we wanna relate it to the Red Dead, it's like you're playing Red Dead and you've just skipped all the cutscenes, <laughs> and you're just doing the mission, and you're just going. <laughs> What's happening? Why am I doing this? Yeah, I'm shooting people now. It's very much like assault to your senses. It's just, yeah, but it's assault to. It's just boring. Like everything about this, put past that opening scene, which is, even the opening scene, it's fine. Yeah, like it's it's fun in comparison to the rest of the film. It's still nothing interesting at all. And I feel like that that is what's of it. Like like what just permeates throughout the whole film. There's no. There's no kind of actor that stands out. I know you said you thought Michael Fassbender was having fun. He looked he's like just, he was having a good. He looked like he was messing around. He's just jumping about, and you're like, yeah, all right. John Malkovich, Jonah, uh, Josh Brolin, Megan Fox all look like they're sleepwalking their way through this film. But then that was something we realized as well, like the amount of actors that, that are in it that are like in a lot of films that are like yeah. you know they've 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 got quite successful careers. They're just weirdly. Punt like like uh, Will Arnett's in it. Will Arnett. Um, you've got, you've the... got Michael Shannon makes a a cameo appearance as for a couple of friends. like a as a ring like a kind of ring showman. Um, you've got uh, Jeffrey Lance Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan shows up as his best friend. Uh, Lance Reddick shows up as a gun salesman which is just his character from John Wick (laughs) (laughs) he's also kind of weirdly playing Morgan Freeman from The Dark Knight as well yeah it's weird it's there's yeah you're right there's so many how many boys (laughs) which is why part of me all when you say that there was reshoots and stuff like part of me does feel like this was meant to be something bigger just because of the the amount of people who are in it but then I guess at the same time it's not like Will Arnett in 2009 is not a recognisable face I don't think unless you're a fan of Arrested Development like no. I don't think mainstream he's very recognisable yeah Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film went at this out, point yeah. I don't think Lance Reddick has that kind of status I don't status I don't think Jeffrey Dean Morgan really does I feel like people mostly know Jeffrey Dean Morgan now because of Negan hmm. like you're kind of again like your mainstream audiences we did Watchmen around well he did then. Watchmen yeah. but like I, I still don't he's not feel like it, yeah, yeah 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 I still don't feel like any I, I don't feel like Jeffrey D. Morgan's the comedian as someone that is yeah. in the is in the kind of you, you general kind of, knowledge of like a mainstream audience yeah he's he's kind of, comedian yeah, you yeah. Kind of, that's what I was about to say you kind of forget you're like oh who played the comedian I think oh it was, it was Negan yeah I yeah it was, uh, what's his, I thought it was Iron Man what's his face everybody makes that mistake uh, apparently yeah um, that would have been a weird shot to have him in Iron Man and then simultaneously a year <laughs> later be in Watchmen 
But yeah, I, I guess maybe it feels like it's meant to be something bigger now because we know those actors and we know the kind of yeah. higher level of fame that they have. But in 2010, they don't kind of hold that weight, maybe? Like, do you think, like, in a second edit, that whole animation sequence at the beginning, which goes through his backstory, that'd be easy to do in a second edit. Mm. Just like, hey, go slap an animator to do yeah. Like, Do you think they had the scenes filmed? Like, where um, Josh Brolin, uh, Jonah Hex, portrays his friend, and that's why they got Jeffrey D. Morgan, because they wanted a more recognizable yeah. character. Like, do you think that could have been a whole sequence that was filmed? And then the revenge, it was like maybe meant to be a bit longer meant to be a bit more epic but when they decided it wasn't working they were like let's butcher this down as quickly as possible mm. it really does feel like everything is squished together as much it as feels can. like the dark tower in that sense yeah where it's like it, it clearly people knew it gone so wrong so um so like halfway through production and they've now gone and like butchered it cut it down into its bare minimum just so that it will play and make some money yeah this this film is three minutes over the requirement for feature length <laughs> feature length is an hour and 15 minutes i'm pretty sure this one's an hour 18 minutes including credits and then you've got josh brolin also he's went on record saying that like he's saying he said that the, the movie was like they couldn't salvage it by a certain point but he said that everyone on it just wanted to make. I guess it's what you were saying, Danny, earlier on, off mic. That everyone on a film wants to make a good film. Yeah, you know, and you can tell. You know, you can. I don't. I don't know if you can tell that he's having fun. I don't think he's having fun. He's miserable, you know, which I guess is the character. But you know, I guess he's like once he he's put so much time and effort into it, he's committed to an awesome contract. You know, and I mean, I'm sure if that is what the character is like, then. I think you like. I guess he's done a good job. It seems weird because you think a character like him would be a lot more stoic. Yeah. But he's always quipping, and he always looks like he's like got like a a, a tongue in his cheek. For it's a lack that. Of it's term. that. It's that generic badass. Yeah. Like that. Like where you know some people will bust in. They'll be like, Jonah Hex, you got to come with us, and he'll be, like, Oh well, I I haven't finished my drink. It's like that kind of yeah. terrible, bland. Like I'm a badass dialogue. I'll see you in hell. You first, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, like it's quippy, but like set up. Like you can see the setup coming a mile off. I have to admit, I did. Back. I did like that line where the guy asks, "What happened to your face?" And then Jonah Hex shoots him in the face. And it's like I cut myself shaving. What happened to you? I was like, I, I thought, but that's still first six minutes of the movie <laughs> like, where i'm still kind of into it i thought the better one was um what happened to your face and i was like i ain't got more any more wisecracks for that i'm like mm. i like that i relate to that have any of you watched um year of the rabbit on channel four no nope. with um, matt berry he nope. plays a victorian cop and he's missing an eyebrow and every time that's brought up he's like <laughs> the, the excuse is like oh the dog ate it last christmas <laughs> like when i was watching this and he was saying shit like that i was like that's, that's good they should have got matt berry yeah, to do yeah. the writing yeah um so that was the redeeming features the that was pets. that's it that's what i have to say aside from that like that was one of those kind of films where you get you get fidgety bored mm. and like i said it's not that the, it, it is not it's not an interesting train wreck to watch it's just nothing at least when we watched collateral beauty yeah and that was boring but there was but kind of put effort into collateral there was beauty. kind of there was kind of a the you watch that and you're so kind of baffled by how that's been put together mm. 
that almost keeps you interested you you can see like you can almost see that the writer trying to piece together the story yeah and you're like trying to figure out what the writer's trying to do and this one maybe because it's been butchered to death in in post but you there's no sense of like a like a director or a creators or anything like that do you think there's some sort you know in i am legend you know you've got the dog dog but you know there's a dog in this film the second edit must include a dog i did i am legend it worked because i but i said that to you guys because one of the last the, in fact the last shot of the movie is him riding away and as he's riding away he sees a dog and he's like oh dogs and then the dog follows him and there's another scene in the movie where some people are like being rude horrible to a dog they're like beating it up or something and he helps them all and then he's like oh they're just jealous because you're you're beautiful dog and then the dog like murders someone and I, so he looks. got to the end of the shot at the end of the movie and i was like the only thing i know about jonah hex is he likes dogs that's the, the one character trait that he, they've given him that was the same dog as well throughout the movie yeah i did wonder if like if he was supposed to be a hellhound because it's briefly mentioned that there's hellhounds and that hell wants jonah <laughs> yeah, hex. Another thing that's briefly, so this 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 was the bit that i thought was hilarious because <laughs> so obviously in the opening animated sequence that explains the setup and who jonah hex is they obviously establish very 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 fucking quickly like a fart and no that ones. yeah that when he was brought back to life uh that gave him the power to bring other people back to life and they gloss over it so quickly that i kind of missed it and so when the first time he just walks up to someone and he puts his hand on them and they come back to life He's like, hey, what's up? I, I came close to death once and now I can do this. And I was like, so, fucking pardon? What's happening? When did this become a thing? By the way, I'm psychic. And it's totally... But then it that 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 only really comes in handy for one scene. But that, that's, well, he goes and Well, that is. It's like that Jeffrey scene D. and then Morgan. he resurrects Jeffrey Dean Morgan and talks to him. And it's like, that's kind of it. But that's something they added for the film. That isn't in the source material. You're kidding. Yeah, that's not... Um, in the original comics as far as I'm aware that's something they threw in there to give them super really? powers yeah yeah I assumed that was part of his comic book character because ah, why else would that be in there <laughs> ah, you'd, you'd think so but no so do you okay so do you think again going back to the time this is kind of coming out the bubble bubble's getting big do you think they were like well we have this comic book property do you think this was almost an attempt to make it more Maybe. comic booky? Yeah, to try and appeal or to, to give him more of a kind of superhero aspect yeah. to him. Like, oh, here's his power. He could fucking bring people back to the dead for a couple of minutes. Oh, and while he's brought them back from the dead, they're suffering horribly. Yeah, they have and to And they're dissolve. begging to they're begging to be killed again. And he's talking about hellhounds and stuff. Yeah, this will be cool. This will get the this will get the teens in. <laughs> There's also in the fight sequence, like then when they go to the Michael Shannon fight arena, there's that supernatural. Michael thing. Shannon's fight arena? I want to watch that on Channel 5 <laughs> on like Friday night at 9. <laughs> like, um, there's that, which, which funnily enough, at the time when they, when you see this creature, it's the, they're doing like betting on fights and stuff. Yeah. And it's this big, huge guy against this like, yeah. what I describe, what I thought of at the time is uh, he like he's like one of the vampires from I Am Legend. Which is he does look a lot like that. Yeah, yeah. which is funny because uh, director came. That's his one. Yeah. That's his one stamp. His one directorial uh, trademark. He's like, well, I gotta put my vampire things in there somewhere. But that isn't ever a thing. 
that's never like brought up that readdressed yeah why is there a, a vampire in this film yeah it's like there's kind of supernatural elements in the background and i'm not saying that it all needs to be explained but it's kind of bizarre that you have this film that for the most part is played relatively straight in terms of plot but then like you said there's this one moment where they walk into a fighting ring and there's like a vampire fighting a big like troll man yeah it's like hmm, so what's this <laughs> so with some Pardon of the, Michael the some some of the reshoots it was um maybe there was a bit of spookle supernatural stuff in the comics but it was just me maybe being a big liar with the uh, original cut the it was a lot more ambiguous and apparently with the reshoots the stuff they reshot uh was was uh, the Jonah Hex backstory that was right so you're right then Danny President Grant Aidan Quinn uh, him talking uh, to the present and the stuff with like that and also him talking to the dead uh, the first cut kept uh, the links to the dead more ambiguous you can imagine that you can imagine in like the original cut it was more ambiguous it's like does he talk to the dead does he not that's something that's up to up to your interpretation and then they go nah the test audience don't like this they want definitively is he talking to the dead or not we want to see it yeah test audience says so I, also, I stick, could see that they, they want an I Am Legend vampire in there stick it in <laughs> the consensus is they liked I Am Legend <laughs> can you can just we, pick I Am Legend can we make can all you... our movies like that now <laughs> hi test audience member number one what did you think of John Hex yeah was he speaking to the dead <laughs> <sighs> we're gonna have to have more dead people chatting stuff right okay, okay. <laughs> like no I really like the I Am Legend I love Will Smith he's great now could Will Smith play John Hex? Question: <laughs> Will Smith. You, uh, you brought up Danny that, that this kind of has a similarity to Wild West in that it it it's a western that features a super weapon. <laughs> it, a lot of modern day westerns almost feel like they like, especially genre film ones. Yeah, definitely more genre stuff. They yeah. they they really feel like they need to put back that steampunk element, and mm-hmm. it's like. Oh, oh my god it's like a tank before tanks were invented it was a it's a cannonball machine gun before cannonball machine guns it's a giant spider mechanical thing before giant mechanical spiders um were invented and it's a bit like is this all necessary can't it just be a cool genre cowboy film i mean cowboys are kind of cool yeah on their own when you were talking about the tank there, I imagine this really big track with like a thousand horses running around <laughs> like a tank track. <laughs> they I'm all like, morph together to make a tank. And I'm, I'm like, ah, I'd, I'd see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been Wild West too. 100%. Do you think it is just a way to try and make the West cooler for kids? Yeah. You know, for the teenagers who are coming to see this movie. They don't just want to see a bunch of fucking cowboys walk around. They want to see some cool shit. Yeah, like like wh- the Dragon Balls. If the test audience were like, I don't understand, why aren't they driving cars? Why, why are they using these horses? I'm so confused. Because, you know, I'm, I'm watching I'm watching Deadwood right the way through just now. And that's a hard show to sell to people when they ask me what it's about. I'm just like, well, it's not really, it's not really about anything. It's just, you know, set in a town in the West. Stuff happens. Like, you're not getting the teens in for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, when are they on their smartphones, yeah. guys? Talking, you know, when does when does Inge McShane Snapchat? Uh, so, famously... Right. I mean, famously, in air quotes, this film was a big, uh, you know... Disaster. Monetary disaster. Yeah. Uh, the film had a budget of 47 million. 
Do you want to know how much that made back worldwide? Go on. 10 million. <laughs> Fucking nothing. Buttons. Oh dear. <laughs> um, and William, you kind of brought up off off air <laughs> that the potential reason for that might be what the number one film was the weekend that 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 jonah hex came out involving another cowboy <laughs> a less... <laughs> Bloody he's a much more Steve. damaged <laughs> much more damaged toy um yeah this came out on the same weekend as toy story 3 the director of jonah uh, hex was actually an animator on toy story which is kind of circular like he's 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 worked as an animator in toy story and then when he finally releases his first live action masterpiece he gets crushed he gets by crushed. his own creation <laughs> um, very, very frankenstein like monster feel to it yeah. i'm actually that looking at box office mojo for this weekend is giving me like a major insight into what what cinema was go on back that then up. do you want to play like a little like a lot, I'm going to see if you guys can maybe guess kind of around guess kind of the, the, the five movies so Jonah Hill comes out it's opening weekend and it comes in at number seven on your opening six weekend. movies in front of that fucking fucking Jonah Hex most of them presumably were already there you were going to get the teens in it was a surefire hit teens don't want to watch we've got Mastodon they've got Mastodon they could have played Teen in the Park okay I'm going to go I'm going to I'm going to give you some hints towards the the movie so you know Toy Story 3 so we'll do the other five is that w- number one that yeah? was number one yeah, yeah obviously okay so we're gonna go six so number six is a video game adaptation oh. is it a Resident Evil it is not a Resident Evil it is Good. based off a game that has at this point Lara Croft five entries I think not Lara Croft but quite similar lots of wall running mm. lots of jumping around but swords Prince of Persia Prince of Persia Ooh. with the Jake Gyllenhaal yes Playing the famous Asian so character. that make <laughs> as you as he would that no, doesn't make that he's a great actor <laughs> yeah. it's convincing that hasn't that doesn't make much more than Jonah Hex it's yeah. still in the five million range great. Ben uh, Kingsley was in that do you remember that Gandhi <laughs> Gandhi was in that I film. actually used to so when I first moved to Glasgow we moved into this like big ridiculous Bragging. like tenement building no it was a it was awful it was awful we moved there because we could get like 10 people living in this one fucking building um but a friend of mine that i lived with he worked at the cinema at the time and so he brought do you remember they used to have those like massive massive posters like these big kind of rolled up curtain kind of things that they would these canvas posters and he had like three of those for prince of persia but it, it wasn't none of them were of jake gyllenhaal or anything it was like Ben Kingsley's character. So when you would walk into the hallway of our flat, we just had a giant poster of Ben Kingsley, like welcoming you. I don't know if you remember that. That's like a long time ago. The, yeah. Was there was there a Daniel Craig one as well? So we also had a cut, a cardboard cutout of Daniel Craig uh, in Skyfall. There's a poster. It's on the front of the DVD where he's like lying down, hmm. and so we put that cardboard cutout up and we angled it on the stairs so it looked like he was sliding <laughs> down our stairs. <laughs> you had fun we were creative students yeah, yeah. Uh, so number five is the fourth in a franchise it's an animated franchise starring a a, a gentle green Toy Story swamp Shrek. dweller <laughs> the Shrek, Shrek forever, forever after, after. Um, so that's that's coming in that's coming in hot um, mm. I think this is 
week three i can't really work out i've never looked at box office mojo before this is all new and exciting <laughs> but now that i've found it i'm gonna look at this all the time <laughs> uh number four is a comedy technically a sequel but it's kind of a spin-off uh with a famous british comedian and it, who's a bit you know he's a bit kind of out there it's a bit kind of wacky a lot of people don't take to him uh now he's kind of gotten more into politics a lot of his comedy is quite pol- politically based. Get, get him to the Greek. It is getting to the Greek. Ah. Yeah. Oh, dun, dun, that was a, uh, a spin off of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, wasn't that it? Made, was it? It was, yeah. yeah. It was like a spin off so sequel weird. kind of thing, yeah. Because they reference her at one point in that film. Like they're, they're watching the TV and there's an advert for her TV show on in the background. It's not. Okay. But he's also a different character. No, he's the same character. No, I mean, no, he is the same character, but he also in, he's in essence a different character because yeah. he's quite sober and forgetting sarah marshall and then he becomes like a drugged out rock star in the second one i remember that i remember cool thinking, guy it's yeah. kind of <laughs> they've really had to change him in order to fit the premise yeah. it was weird that they even decided to make it a spin-off it's kind of strange though yeah because why i feel like the premise of getting to the greek sells on its own yeah. you don't need to tie it into forgetting <laughs> sarah Mar- like has forgetting sarah marshall I don't feel like it had that much of a no. cultural impact. You're I've like, never seen I'm not it. Or... Watch this film. Oh, it's a spin-off of Forgetting Sarah yeah. Marshall. Oh, well, now oh, we have to Lord, see it. I've got to clear the weekend. i got to make sure I get the, the Forgetting Sarah Marshall universe. <laughs> get it over Jonah Hex. We were going to see Jonah Hex, but we didn't realise it was yeah. a spin-off. I've got, I've, I've got a Forgetting Sarah Marshall story that was, right. was also quite prevalent to a friend of mine in high school's life. Okay. So when that film... Uh, when that film What's came this out, when that film, <laughs> can we name this person? No, no. Okay, I, we, I, I can't you you kind of started talking to me. Daddy both kind of lead down a bit. Because you know, when that film came out in DVD, a friend of mine in high school broke up with his then girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh no, she broke up with him, and he, he didn't come to school. And all oh. like, oh, right, you know, let's all go see. Let's go see blank. Let's go see him, and we get him, and he opens the door, and his eyes are all puffy and red because he's been crying, and we're all sitting there trying to hold on a laughing and we get upstairs because <laughs> we're being supportive we're at a state of him and then we, we go upstairs and we're sitting in his room and um, he's got the photo album of him and his ex-girlfriend out and the box of DVD box of Forgetting Sarah Marshall fun fact if they got married his girl, his girl ex-girlfriend would have been called Sarah Marshall oh so that was a little bit of an insight mm. and um that, yeah. that probably easy to deduce too that is if you're, yeah. friends, if you're no. friends with will that's probably easy to figure out yeah someone, someone come marshall i would say his first name <laughs> Secret <laughs> but it's andrew <laughs> <laughs> just bleep the name out like later on but then people know it's forgetting sarah marshall <laughs> it's it's blank marshall who was winning out with sarah something yeah figure it out for yourself <laughs> We you throw your friends under the bus. Ah, sorry. <laughs> or we could just like blank everything but his name. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Marshall. <laughs> um, okay, we got two left. <laughs> One is a favourite of mine and yours, Daddy. Okay. Talking about film positivity earlier, this is a film I feel like gets some shit and we both love. Okay. Features a ragtag group of... Uh, of... of, of ex-military guys Expendable? off on a mission is it the 80s it's the fucking 18 oh, my boy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a bad movie I love I the 18 movie the it's a yeah. lot of fun I've not seen it in a long time though I do wonder if it's one of those films that I'll look we're back we're always going to do what we, for the podcast yeah we never point. have well there we go second time on this podcast and brought up the 18 did we bring up the 18 last time yeah why 
because of it bringing us back to watch Rain of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, last one. Uh, it's a film about karate that features no karate at all. Uh, karate Kid. It is the Karate Kid. The remake? Yeah, because yeah. they do Kung that Fu in that number, movie. That was number two? That was number two at the time, yeah. God, that was a bleak 29 weekend for cinema. I like the Karate Kid remake. Do you not like it? Ah, never saw it. Fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> ah, yeah. But that's like a weird... I don't know, it's just like an insight into what was going on but it's a, it's a lot more interesting than now because that's a lot of diverse weird sort of different films you've got well, what's there. this weekend's spot is it though because you've got a remake a remake of a tv show a spin-off of a comedy for some reason the fourth in a franchise and then a remake of a or like a, an adaptation of a video Aye, game. they're all franchise stuff but it, feel, it feels like there's a, a good mixture of like different tones and genres and stuff other just for more context other films around that time number eight there was killers which is ashton kutcher i think oh yeah I remember uh, number nine was iron man 2 and number 10 was marmaduke <laughs> also around that time you had sex in the city 2 robin hood splice letters to juliet date night winter's bone the girl with the dragon tattoo winter's which Bone's good. i assume is the american one winter's bone is very good yeah it's all the way down at number 19 because but ba- ba- much like now people didn't like good movies back then either. <laughs> well okay so if we compare that to this weekend's box office what would that be oh, would it be will could you care to hazard a guess as in what what's at the top of the box yeah what kind of like what kind of diversity have we got in the box office right now so what do you think Downton Abbey, that's that's Downton Abbey is number one. Number one. That is correct. It's made it made thirty one million over the weekend. It's like a Christmas special, but on the telly. But it should have been a Christmas special. Me and your Auntie Susie as This year has been the year of like T V movies, right? Because like we've had Downton Abbey, Deadwood, and Breaking Bad. Oh yeah. Like all T V shows that are getting rebooted with a movie. Or not rebooted, I guess, but like the story has continued. In movie form, <laughs> like what do you, do you think? That's do you think this is just another? Which because I know you know I know that movie spinoffs of TV shows have existed before, but do you think this is just another way of being like we can get money if we just make yeah. movies of TV yeah. shows people like? They're a lot more inventive. Like, like, I think you excited for the Breaking Bad film. I'm incredibly excited. So I, saw that, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that new you? trailer, the one they put out the other yeah. day, the kind of long form one. And even though it's just music and like assortment of shots of Jesse run about doing stuff I'm like this, you this re-wa- is you're rewatching it I'm rewatching it I'm very close to I'm, the end. I'm, I feel like I'm so distant from Breaking Bad now that I kind of forget yeah. what happened never, n- n- never finished it you never finished yeah. Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. I what the fuck because I was watching it and then I think it was at American Netflix and then I was like ah it's on regular Netflix get it uh, watched it's, <laughs> it's just, so good I'm too busy watching Disenchantment <laughs> but then like I feel like you the, the Deadwood film is interesting because that just feels like the people who like it just feels like the general population isn't asking for a Deadwood film haven't yeah. been asking for it this has been yeah it doesn't feel like base. a weird one well it, yeah. it feels like the same way that Serenity felt like but the Serenity, studio kind of yeah. saying like here's the money for you to finish your story but Serenity in came a... quickly after Firefly as this has come long time yeah. after Deadwood because I think Deadwood's one of those shows that has built up a huge following yeah. since but so the, I because I always wanted to watch it like I always thought it looked incredible hmm. but I never bothered because I knew it didn't have an ending because yeah, it, it gets the end of season 3 and then it got cancelled 
And so I was like, well, I have no interest in that. Like, in investing all that time for something that I'm not going to get an ending to. Hmm. But not in the sense of, like, you know, in the sense of they're literally, they weren't finished telling their story yet, you know what I mean? Um, and so I think now that this film's come out and it feels like you might get a sense of closure, now I'm, like, invested. I'm like, I want to finally watch this. So I'm, like, three quarters of the way through season two. And it's incredible. Like I said, there's not, like it's a hard one to sell in terms of plot it's the same with Mad Men Mad Men's a hard one to if someone asks you what's Mad Men about outside of it's without getting into specifics the most you can kind of sell it on is it's about an advertising agency in you know the 50s through the kind of 70s but unless you start getting into specifics it's hard to sell and Deadwood's kind of the same mm. it's this town that is established in America like a, a frontier town where the law isn't in effect yet so they can just kind of do whatever the fuck they want. And it's like, what kind of mischief's going to get on? What are they all going to get up to? There's gold in them hills and all that kind of stuff. It's based on a true story, isn't it? Yeah, it's based on a real town. Which has been really interesting because you watch the show and these characters pop up and you can just Google them. And it's like, yep, there's the, the, as much information as they have about them. But it's it's kind of interesting as well because it's, it's from a time where keeping records on people was a lot harder. Mm. So they'll have records of them like for four years they're in Deadwood. And then it's like they left Deadwood and they have no idea what happened to them. Like, wow. at, there's no. It's like, oh, they pop up in fucking backwards nowhere for like a, a year and then they disappear again and that's it. Like, they're never heard from again. How would you feel? Is is the Deadwood film, when's that releasing? It's out. It's out now? Yeah. Mums, if uh, they recall it in, then they're like, we've made, you know, we've made some mistakes. We've, we, we, weren't, we weren't happy with the cut. And they we need to get the teens in. in. They shoehorn in Jonah Hex. <laughs> I've never watched it, but I think I watched half the first episode, mm. and I loved. Again, yeah, clearly, if you you know stuck it out, that, <laughs> I loved it. Half of that first one is so good. I just didn't want to watch the rest. <laughs> but you know, yeah, Jonah I've Hex seen enough to be part of the conversation. Ah, <laughs> uh, dead with with the cowboys and the guns. Hi, hi. Um, real quick just to wrap this this conversation up I feel like do you know what I think this is a, a, a testament to how fucking mind-numbingly boring Jonah Hex yeah. is there's nothing to talk about so let's just talk about box office numbers um, number two at the moment is Ad Astra right which I think is way more interesting probably than anything that was on that other list yeah okay that, that's um, fair enough number three is Rambo Last Blood which I've not seen no intention oh, of seeing oh, it come on. <laughs> um, number four is It Chapter 2 and number five is Hustlers. Was, was it good? Hustlers? I've not I've, seen it. I don't really know what good. it is. <laughs> I've heard it's good. It's like I've heard it's really good. Heisty movie? Yeah. With um, an all-female cast. Is that original Is that is an original that... IP or what are we talking here, guys? <laughs> I want to say it's... Have we got two OG IPs in this, uh, this list? <laughs> I want to say it's Bo Burnham's girlfriend's movie. Uh, oh, late. I think they could just <laughs> conquer Hollywood, <laughs> do they? <laughs> It was when I was like, oh, when Widows came out, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's the best OG property in this. And then a bubble burst. I was like, oh, yeah, it was like a, a British. Based off the book. Well, oh, well, I don't know. It's a book as well. I just thought it was like a British uh, TV show. Yeah, film. that might be it. I think, no, it was it was the, the screenplay was co written by Gillian Flynn. You can see I've got all the facts on me. <laughs> just the facts. But yeah, so there we go. We've got, you know, Hustlers, which I don't know if that's based off anything. And then you got a sequel. A sequel you've got an original IP and then you've got Downton Abbey <laughs> is it more interesting I feel like maybe it is I thought that bit. the original was more in- I mean the 
Brad Pitt one sounds more interesting than all um, uh, all of them. But like the original list that you said, I think it was a lot more fun. So you're telling me <sighs> you're not here to have fun, Danny. You would see Ad Astra, and you wouldn't go see a Shrek sequel. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Apparently, we're getting a f- another Shrek, even <laughs> though they definitively called the last Shrek. It's the last one, Shrek. There's no more after this. We promise. Yeah. We're so committed to that. It's called Joanna Shrek. <laughs> Is there anything else? I do feel like we maybe got sidestepped, sidetracked. I mean, we did. We've been talking yeah, about shit for 50 did. minutes. But what else is there to say about Joanna Hex? Aesthetically, I thought it was weirdly clean. Yeah, for a Western. For a Western. Yeah. I felt like that kind of stuck out to me. Everybody's quite clean and everything. It didn't feel like a lived-in world which doesn't help the film i don't think it helps as well that so much of the kind of action stuff is pure cg but it's, mm. it's real fucking bad cg um the flock like, of crows the flock grows i was thinking more when he tests out john Markovich tests out his new cannon his new toy and he fires all the cannons on this town and it's proper just like you said like playstation age 2 of, level cutscene it looks <laughs> dreadful it's like I get that at that point they were probably just like just fucking get this movie out we don't care but it's like did you really look at that and think yeah that's that's fine we're satisfied with that like I know obviously this is on a whole nother fucking level in terms of money and stuff but you look at the year before fucking Christopher Nolan's blowing up a hospital uh, in real life and you know this is like you couldn't just rig up some explosives to a couple of you know wooden shacks mm. blow that shit up make it look a little bit real because the cannonballs land in front of the camera and they're so blatantly CG it's like you not made some big cannonballs <laughs> like what, what, what do you think the what do you think they talked about after they went to the premiere what do you think John Malkovich said Toy to... Story 3 <laughs> <laughs> do you fucking see it it's good right it's yeah. really good I cried yeah. Toy Story 3 happening in the next state of the road come on Josh Brolin <laughs> None of the cast from this are involved in Toy Story 3, are they? There's no conflict uh, Conflict of interest. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think any of them I'm surprised are. Josh Brolin isn't, because he's in everything else. So. Uh, he's in a lot of things. That boy's not good. But he seems... He's fucking angling himself into all these Hollywood blockbusters and stuff now. Hmm. Which is money. It's good money. Yeah, he's getting his, he's getting his fingers in all those pies. that paper. He's getting that paper. Sicario 2. Uh, not good. No. Avengers. You got... Yeah. What's the other one? Deadpool? Yeah, he's in Deadpool. I actually... You still haven't seen any of the Avengers, the new ones, have you? Uh, I've not saw, like, the, the Thanos pish. I wanted to... I wanted to do, like, our first ever, like, commentary with William, and I wanted to sit William down, and we'll do a commentary and just watch Avengers Infinity War, like, one and two back to back. Because I just want to see... <laughs> I want to feel your brain melt, like... Because you fucking notoriously just are not into that stuff at all. I think... I think maybe Jonah Hex is the reason why I, 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 I <laughs> never... requested this! I know, but I think that films like the, this, you know, Jonah Hex, are the reason why I had such mistrust and disdain for, like, trying to get on the back, like, the... the it's been nine years, well, you know, but I'm still, like... I still see people posting, like, loving the Marvel shit. Oh, I've got, like, a, a Marvel four-tiered superhero cake. I'm like, that's fucking lame. <laughs> and that's me that's what's negative and wrong with me but you know what maybe I should sit down and watch the Avengers and just I love Ragnarok what, looking at your poster in the room love, yeah. love Ragnarok loved it Ragnarok like, <laughs> <laughs> loved uh, some of like loves uh, Iron Man 1 2 Matthew you like the Guardians movies Guardians 
fucking pretty stuff. Which is why, like, do you remember when I fucking sat you down to watch The Dark Knight Rises? Not out of The Dark Knight Rises being a good film, just out of oh, I was so were, baffled that you'd missed it. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember we did the thing, we fast forwarded to the, to the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. And then we had to we had to fast forward through the last like 15 minutes because you had to leave to catch a train you were, you were just giving me like the foot she's like ah she's chasing he's taking a bomb through the city it's all good stuff there he is he's sad boom he's blown up he's dead now but oh there he is in a cafe the end go catch a train but do you think John Hicks is like a testament to like the outside of the Batman films DC just just not getting it right do you think that's yeah. a, a scenario something early they've just never been able to I was going to say I think it shows it shows control. signs of what's to come I think yeah like, just the whole yeah. control of just wanting to, to, to like Final Edit not be good getting reshoots people in to come and re-edit it it's what happened to Suicide Squad it also mm. happened to Justice League I think it happened to Batman, Batman versus Superman. Superman it's kind of interesting because you know right before that you, you, they put out the Dark Knight and Watchmen which are quite you know say we will about Zack Snyder and his style but they are both very, very much auteur they're yeah. in the hands of those directors and you know you're telling the- me Horton Hears the Who director <laughs> is not a co- you know Horton Hears the Who's a good movie but you think let's give that boy a western yeah that's what Baff I, I mean I assume he's just like a director for hire in this situation mm-hmm. I don't feel like Jonah Hex was his passion project but I might be wrong um, well, it was it was until, until it got taken away by, from, the, I am by the fucking I am legend guy like <laughs> Oh man, that's not a bad movie. But anyway, um, yeah, but I do agree. I feel like it was a sign of things to come. Hmm. As in, like a. But they're going in a kind of different direction. They're They're trying. They're they're letting people do their thing. They've got Todd Phillips making his little Joker movie, and they're like, "You do your thing, Todd Phillips." I'm gonna, I'm gonna see Joker because that's not like. Avengers. Because you, you love, you love the fact that we live in a society, don't you, William? You want to go, you go hear all about how bad that society is. To me get a load of this society <laughs> <laughs> to me like when I think of like the Avengers movie I just think of like when we're at uni and we heard a guy say his favourite movie of all time was, was Pirates of the Caribbean no you can't slag because he and, no and I, I'm not slagging him but you know what that's the kind of person I see like sitting with their big ice blast and then hot nachos enjoying the big, the big <laughs> Marvel movies and how good was that and you know I've got a big Thanos gauntlet I know, I know the, the plot so I know what happens in it but yeah, I just, hey, I just, I've just. William's been a little bit elitist right now, isn't he? Yeah, I don't At care. the end of the day, everyone's gonna die, and if your favorite film yeah. is Pirates of the Caribbean on the way to the grave, go for you, it. You're fucking. You're sitting here with your like. I thought I was coming on to this podcast to talk about <laughs> to talk about films, not movies. That's yeah. why I bought Jonah. Yes, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you know the reason those people are going to be going to their graves enjoying Pirates of the Caribbean is when my hands. Are pushing the pillow in front of their face. Oh, this is some judgment. No, in I'm just, just kind of. I, like, I like Pirates of the Caribbean. I like fun. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> fun people say they like fun, but um, you know, I, I need to be a lot less um, cynical about cinema. Get your head out of your arse. I think you know, just because your favorite movies catch me, Daddy, doesn't make you better than anyone else. <laughs> you know what? I think it's <laughs> certainly not one to like escape into. Nah, come now. I love escapism. I just want it to be gritty, raw, British depression. Like this, like Jonah yeah. Hex. Yeah. Jonah Hex, the Ken Loach of Hollywood. I like it. You're <laughs> kind of like me, though. You do live quite vicariously through like sad shit. 
in movies i feel mm. like because i do that a lot like if I, even if i'm in like a good mood i'm like i'm gonna watch a movie that i love and it's it's depressing you know it's under the skin the or the rover but like i get enjoyment out of watching it even though it's fucking miserable mm. you know what i mean yeah like even I, I'll, I'll watch a depressing movie i know it's gonna make me sad but that somehow makes me feel yeah happy. because like i said it's it's kind of like it's like it's a vicarious sadness mm. like you're you're not having to deal with your own sadnesses you can just experience someone else's for a while um and with that note <laughs> jonah hex out of here <laughs> <laughs> more like uh you know if, if if he'd made a lot of money if that film had made a lot of money he'd have been able to jonah flex on a uh, toy story did you, three did, did you check out josh roland's jonah pex <laughs> <laughs> Good, I, I like skipped that. it I was like Jonah next <laughs> <laughs> you know if, if he if he started collecting Pokemon cards it'd be like Jonah collects <laughs> <laughs> when you haven't heard from <laughs> when you haven't heard from Bay in a while so you shoot them a Jonah text <laughs> <laughs> When you want to go out for a great barbecue, you get Jonah Tex-Mex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I feel like you guys have stopped. <laughs> we knew the line. Okay. I'm, I'm still thinking. <laughs> I was sitting in bed tonight like, texting Scott. Jonah special you know, effects! You know what I mean? <laughs> we need to get him in Parliament so he could deliver Jonah Briggs it. <laughs> oh, okay, it's a bit tortured. Cool. 31 days. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Love you. What? Oh, wait, you can find us on fucking Twitter, Twitter and Facebook, Facebook at Second and... Opinion. That's Second One with Two. When, when am I coming back? <laughs> we <laughs> should come on for the Avengers. Come on for the Let's Avengers. Let's do an Avengers commentary. We'll pick like a like a day that we're all free and we'll just sit down and we'll start recording and we'll just talk all the way through the Avengers and listen to William go slowly mad Who? because he has to watch something popular. Who on this... No one. Earth. No one. But it's for us. It's going to take it's the fun time for us. Like, to sync up. Danny, no culture. one listens to this. <laughs> That's fair enough. It's all for us. I'll listen to it. I'll listen. Thanks, Will. Get out of my home. It's late and I have school tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>